Good afternoon, everybody. This is Bryce Mahoney with the Gallant Few Podcast. And today I have a super special guest with me, Nicole Maine. She is the spouse of Major Tony Maine, the current volunteer director for the Darby Project. Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bryce. Thank you for having me on, on the podcast. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you for your participation in the Darby Project. You and Tony have teamed up to make this, like, tornado of a team in regards to how the Darby Project is growing and expanding and getting connected into specifically the Columbus area, but not just them, but the entire regiment and the Ranger community, and it's so awesome to see. We're going to get into that later, but today, the purpose of the podcast is to talk about transition. Specifically, Tony is transitioning. He's retiring from the military. He's in that, within that process right now. He has served over 20 years for those being enlisted, the rest officer, and uh, he is currently retiring. And uh, he is vlogging his journey. You can watch that on LinkedIn and soon to be YouTube. Um, follow along with him. He's going to be doing a short video blog every single day or periodically about his transition. I think it's going to be a great resource. Um, and uh, I, I, while I think that's an awesome resource, I feel like we're missing half of the story. And so, Nicole, that's why I wanted to bring you on here today and, um, you know, get the spouse's perspective about transition and in the military. And, um, you know, I'll start with saying spouses get it. They, they get seconds. They are treated second when it comes to the military. I'll put it out. You know, I was, I was a spouse for a little while after I got out and, uh, and I definitely felt second and I can't even imagine doing it year after year. So Nicole, uh, what's it like being a spouse from somebody in the military? Well, I think first and foremost, there's a lot of pride in being a spouse. And there was specifically a lot of pride for me when he, um, his time in the Ranger Regiment. And, and he was in and out of Ranger Regiment during his 20-year career. So there's a lot of pride. But then you're right. I mean, they're not home a lot. And so you really have to learn, if you're not already, to be self-sufficient. Um, so, I, you know, I think there are a lot of challenges when you're a spouse. But if you embrace those, it makes you a stronger person. Yeah, I definitely think so. And uh, so... How how reliant were you specifically? And I'd like to kind of this is this is talking about how the army has evolved specifically in the as I was as they were called when I was in the family family readiness group the FRGs. How have you seen that evolve over time? And what what has been your involvement in the FRG FRSA kind of world? Well, I think it's a great resource. I mean, I, I firmly, I'm a woman of faith, and I truly believe God designed that we were supposed to live in community with other people. And when your husband is in the military, you need the support of other women, other families, just like you. And so all, almost every duty station we, where we were, I was involved in some way or capacity with the family readiness groups now. I know a lot of women think um, or have negative experiences, and that can happen anywhere and everywhere you go. But all in all, I think um, it's such a wonderful resource. There are women that get gun shy about going to events because of one woman um, or one bad experience. And, and I really hate to hear that because they miss out on so much. 
You miss out on this community of people that will bring you soup when your kids have the flu and, and help you out in times of need. And, and military wives are so willing to jump in and help out um, the women and families around them because we all understand um, what it's like to be home without your husband for for days and months and, and a year on end um, and all the struggles that come with raising a family and children and alone as a solo parent. So I'm a, a big advocate of uh, getting to know people through the family readiness groups and then, of course, staying informed because that's how they uh, disseminate information. And you yeah, always I rem- want to get that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I remember, you know, I think just going back to September 11th of all days, you know, I was actually on staff duty that day and just kind of oh. thinking, even in that even in that scenario, just like how information was disseminated back then to the soldiers, to the wives, and like then on those first deployments and, you know, how how unconnected and disconnected we were. And I mean, generations before us were uh, from the, the front line of it. Um, and now, you know, fast forward 19 years and we are the most uh, technologically advanced we've ever been. Um, how would you say that technology has kind of impacted the family readiness kind of group circle uh, and the ability for spouses and different things to stay, to stay connected? Well, you know, my husband's been in over 20 years, so that ages me a little bit. So I very much remember when email was the only form of communication and social media. And I remember when Facebook was just starting and what was it? MySpace. Do you remember that? That, yeah. um, that yep. was kind of the predecessor. Like it to put anything out on those channels, I remember it was just such a big deal. It was such a no-no. And so now the Army has really, I think, embraced that. They, they, they've decided to use their own channels um, and use that for ways for the family readiness groups and Instagram now. And so they're finding that connects more with young women now. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they can do that. But I remember very much, I vividly remember a time when we could not put anything on social media. That's true. Yeah, now I look at uh, I look at the 75th Ranger Regiment's Instagram channel and and uh, Facebook's channel, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, man, what? It's like a production. Those uh, those and public affairs guys those. know what's up. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it's it's kind of cool, you know. And 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 I I'm waiting for the like Ranger spouse video to come out of them, like a group of them, like doing the RPAT or something. I can see like Colonel, you know, former regimental commander, Colonel Tegmeyer's wife, like out there just like running and stuff like that. And, um, you know, in my limited experience with the spouses that I've come in contact with, especially uh, at at regiment, I mean, it definitely takes a special kind of person to be a a spouse of a soldier and, and especially the spouse of a ranger or someone within the special operations community. I mean, I can know a few off the, I name a few off the top of my head, you know, you, Tammy, you and, uh, Skip Soderholm's wife, uh, just a whole, whole mess of women that are just so strong. And I, I look at them and I think, and I see what is the biggest, what's their biggest strength. And it's like you said, it's a community. We were meant to exist together as a community. And I think um, from my experience with being a spouse of someone in that guard, 
the guard kind of get the raw end of the deal because they, they aren't from my experience, they are not as connected with each other as say active duty. And for good reason. I mean, when you only spend one week in a month with each other, it's kind of how connected can you be? Um, but you know, with, with so much deployment going on in over the last years, they have been subject to a lot of time overseas and those spouses back home, they get, they get stuck in these situations where they're, they're either one alone because that's just how it is, or they find themselves in situations with people that are not, you know, other spouses where their husbands aren't deployed and they can't understand what's going on or the spouse or the person that's home doesn't feel like they want to make a relationship with this other group of people because their spouse is gone. It's this kind of weird limbo you end up finding yourself in um, about, you know, building relationships. And it's almost, it goes against, I mean, especially I'll say for myself, it goes against my very nature to be, to limit me from building relationships. It was, uh, it was fairly, it was kind of tough for me. So I, I can, I can say that the, the family groups were, were beneficial to me, even as a male spouse. Um, and um, I, I'm thankful to hear that they are just as strong today as they always have been. Well, I would most definitely agree with that. And you've got to have your battle buddy, no matter who, who you are, if you're the spouse or the soldier, you've got to have that person. And I think it's just important to find that at every duty station or to find her at every duty station. Yeah, that's right. That case. physical contact. Cause I'm sure mm-hmm. as like you said, you have gone around, you've stayed, you've been in different duty stations. You know, you guys are down South now you're going to be moving. You know, there are people that you still stay in contact with, but, but that there, nothing replaces that physical connection, that person to person. Like that's so huge. Absolutely. We've had women who were in the neighborhood who became like family. And, you know, it's always hard to be the one um, that is left. It's, it's, I think it's much easier when you move. And, you know, that's part of the vulnerability of opening yourself up to have a close relationship with somebody that becomes your battle buddy has been if they leave first, that, you know, it's painful. Um, yeah. But it, we've all been through it and you've got it. But it, it, those relationships that I have made along the way, we are still close. We still talk. When we go back and visit places, we connect with these people and go visit them. And um, we, we're, we're lifelong friends. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's being intentional. I think that's a big part of it, too. You have to intentionally make time for those people. You know, like you said, when you go, you go places, you visit them. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important about with just holding on to those relationships uh, from those, from those uh, other, other duty stations or different things like that. So, so as you guys, you know, navigate this transition process, what would you say you're most excited for? I am most excited I guess for consistency as much as I've enjoyed moving around now that our children we have two children now that our children are both school age I do look forward to a time where they won't have to move every three years I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to being closer to family because we haven't had the 
the ability to live in the same city with grandparents or aunts or uncles. I'm looking forward to the ability to have that, to have that, to add them back to our village because our, our family has always been military friends. So to actually be able to live close enough to have family is, is exciting to me. Um, and I'm, I'm most excited for, um, to see more of my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think he's most excited about? The newness and the challenges that his next job will bring because he's done and he's done well in the military and I'm incredibly proud of his service. And I think transitioning to the civilian world is, is unknown for him now a little bit. And and I just think it's, um, he's looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am incredibly encouraged by his mindset that he has about that it is his responsibility and that he is really taking, taking charge of doing, of doing it. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for him to share that message. I'm excited for him to share that, that like lesson about, Hey, this is, this is how we take this seriously. And this is, this is part of a long dream that I have personally had and of, of taking something like this and putting it in the hands of somebody, not at the end of their career, at the beginning of their career. I mean, I'm already excited to think about when Tony finishes this whole process and he's on the other side of it, the, the, the videos that we're going to have, I mean, to, to, to make that accessible to a brand new private and Ranger regiment, like, yeah, five out of 10 times, maybe he's just going to be like, yeah, whatever. But what about those other five that listen to that 20 year retiree say, all to bestow all of this wisdom upon them about, Hey, this is how you look. This is 20 years from now. Look, start doing it now. And I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, and it's going to be super helpful. So, and I, I think, for, I, I think for him, it's, it's 20 years in the making too. It's accumulation of, you know, he's so passionate about his experience in Ranger Regiment. And for me, it's only been 14 years for him. It's been over 20 um, he's so passionate about that. And then our faith to intertwine those two things. Yeah. I and that, I mean, that's, 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 that's the funny part about it. The, the best part about it is, is there's really no intertwining to be done because it's already been there the whole time. I mean, like I, I, I talk about this with, I've talked about this with a few people, just the kind of the, if you look at the origins of our, our, our creed, I mean, it's, it's totally rooted in scripture about serving others and leading the way and leading by example and being mm-hmm. physically strong, morally straight. Um, you know, so I have no doubt that it will be easy for him to find that wisdom and f- continue that path on the outside. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited, excited for it. So now we've heard what you're excited about. Now, what do you think you're the most, what, what scares you the most about transitioning? Well, to be honest, I don't have a lot of fears about it. And I think a lot of that is because we, we already know he has a job. Um, I think that would be my biggest fear if he didn't have a job is that because he, he is the breadwinner in the family. Sure. Um, and, and we're pretty, we've got a, a pretty clear path together of what we're, we're looking for in the future. But, you know, um, I think just one more move. 
uh, you know, I hope our, you know, I, now that I'm a parent, I worry about how our kids will handle move. Um, I, w- I wonder in three years if I'm going to be ready to move again. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm so used to that tempo. I mean, as much as people complain about TRICARE, it's one huge worry we won't have because he's retiring. Um, and we have health care for life. And so, you know, there's, yep. there's so many positive, so many positive. Um, you know, I'm going to miss a lot of things about the military. Um, and I, I think I'm a little afraid that I'm going to miss it more than, than I think I am. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm really not, I'm really not super scared. I like that you said that. I really do. That you that you're aware that you're you think you might miss the military more than you think you do, you're going to. And I I'm I'm actually really glad you said that because I would love to sh- I would love to I would love to bestow that feeling on you and anybody that I possibly can and anybody listening that's gotten out of the military you can probably attest to this same thing is that that right there is i think it's the same for for everyone like that feeling of like oh crap this i this was this was way different i mean in some some degrees very differently you know but in my experience of being a veteran and communicating with other veterans post that is a common thread amongst us all of that it's I didn't think I would miss the military as much as I do now. I really don't, you know, and I'm saying that personally for myself and I've heard many of people say the same thing. And um, so I'm very, I'm very glad that you acknowledge that that is a potential feeling you may have as well. And, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't see you guys detaching from kind of military presence too, too much. No, not at all. So that will help buffer the, uh, the desire. Um, I will say, you know, my, my, my experiences coming back to Columbus lately, uh, have restored, you know, if there's, if I was to ever move somewhere, uh, that want, that had to be around military people, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't mind moving to Columbus, Georgia. They've got a pretty cool downtown, the river area and stuff. Like that's, that could suit my needs as an adventurist. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> they've, they've done a great job. They've really been working hard on um, downtown or uptown, as they call it. But yeah, I, it, it makes me think a little bit. I guess I am a little afraid for my husband. I remember very vividly. I don't know if you know this, Bryce. I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Navy 26 years. And that first year that dad was out of the Navy, it was a difficult year for him. And so I yeah. wonder, I think Tony's ready but i do think there is going to be potentially a sense of loss that you were a part of something so much bigger than yourself and then you're not and you're you know now you're not yeah yeah (laughs) that's it but i but i will say for that i i personally have confidence in tony in in that particular part too because of his faith he he will realize that that same sense of purpose and desire has always been there and will always be there in, as, as my church puts it, reaching the triangle and changing the world, you know, just for him, it's just, it's just, just a different, just a different area. That's what we're trying to do. And whether we put a uniform on or not, we're serving, you know, at this point now we're serving the kingdom, which I feel like we've always been serving the kingdom, but 
Um, not to get too biblically on anybody else, but uh, I that helps, really, you know, me personally knowing you, knowing him, having gone through somewhat of a similar process. You know, I didn't retire, but I got out. And I will tell you, the first year was painful. It was short fusing. That's really the biggest thing is short fuse. That was the toughest part for me. And uh, thankfully, friends and kind of self-talk where it helped me mitigate the uh, flare-ups from that one. So, um, so yeah, talking, since we're talking about Columbus and downtown and uptown, let's, let's talk about what Darby Project, let's shift a little bit and talk about what Darby Project has in store coming up for the Columbus area. I know you guys have kind of talked with St. Luke's and, and have done things with St. Luke's this, this past year, camps and parent, different, different events. So mm-hmm. how yeah. is that going to expand or continue coming into 2020? Well, we are very, very excited to have partnered with St. Luke United Methodist Church, and that's actually our home church. And through them, they have offered, generously offered us a building downtown in the St. Luke, Luke footprint, um, and it will be a Ranger Transition Assistance Center. And it um, will open in 2020. Yep, and or as Tony calls so it, it's, it's the Ranger Outreach Center or the Ranger Rock. Outreach he, Center, he, the Rock. He That's really it. loves I'm that like, name. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It will be the Rock. Um, we are super excited that we will have a place where Rangers can come and spouses um, to meet with us, get services if they need it. Um, we continue our partnership with St. Luke. We really, we really have a grassroots approach and, and meeting people now to assist the transition later. And while they're in Columbus, we want to do what we can for Rangers and their families if they're active duty. Um, we will send Ranger children to St. Luke summer camps again this summer. Um, and we will continue to send Rangers to St. Luke supported events. We've also partnered with Treadstone and we are having ranger climbs there's parent night out so rangers and their spouse can go get a little respite or we'll offer family climbs too in addition to that so ranger veterans and active duty rangers um, can enjoy some family time while they're still um, while it's still supporting our mission of our you know five stars in our functional fitness area yeah, I think that's, yeah, I mean, you guys are hitting the nail on the head. I mean, it's, it, it's there's so many pieces. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the star because it's, it's an all-encompassing thing. You know, what Tony's going through right now with this transition mm-hmm. mostly is, prof- is the professional point of the star. I mean, there are some emotional capacities uh, to the process, but for the most part, this is a, this is a professional journey. Um, part of the emotional and social journey is, is this Ranger Outreach Center and Tony's volunteer efforts with the Darby Project. I mean, I'm just, that's going to be, it's going to be so awesome. I mean, it already is. Like what you guys have done with St. Luke's, what you guys have done with Treadstone, um, with climbing, with getting, just getting people connected and creating this sense of community in, within a community so that, like you said, when people move away three years from now, they've made, they've made connections within the Ranger realm. Um, they've made friends. They've made f- friends with other families. Doing, doing fun activities together. Um, you know, kids, 
from from what I've seen, the feedback that I've gotten from you guys, it sounds like the kids are just having an absolute blast climbing at Treadstone. And I mean, that's that's great because we're supporting a veteran-owned business. We're we're supporting another Ranger veteran-owned business. So I'm um, I'm really excited to hear what you guys have done and are doing in the Columbus area specifically, just because you know that is that's what it's about. I mean, that's that's the motherland. That's home for for rangers and if if we start there i have no doubt that it will continue to bleed out and uh and make it start making impacts in other areas um you know no spouses that are stationed at 70 at at regiment or at 375 or or at rt artb you know i mean that's also a possibility those they're going to leave those places one day and they're going to say hey i had this great network here what's going to stop us from doing the same thing here i mean that's that's what it's all about is encouraging people to try to replicate and, and do these things uh, in their own communities. So I'm very, very thankful for the efforts that you guys have made towards building and establishing the Darby project within the Columbus, Georgia area. And I think that's going to reap benefits for the community for, for years to come and give, give the, give the families and the community somewhere to go and somewhere to call kind of like a central just a central place for them to find information. And uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, so uh, we've been, we've been talking for a little while, so I'll uh, go ahead and start wrapping it up. I want to end with, um, I want to end with what do you think your greatest strength is, is right now going through this transition and, or I guess has been through this whole, whole process. What do you think your biggest strength has been uh, in regards to being a spouse and being a, a support element for Tony and for other families in the military? Well, I think number one, I mean, it's faith. It's, you know, Tony and I share the same faith that unites us. And and so many times when other things seemed to, to tear at that, faith has always held us together. So I just, Lord, that's number one. Number two, I'm an extrovert. Um, I've always been a joiner, and, you know, when your husband's a ranger, he's probably um, an introvert, <laughs> and so I'm always the one that makes, that doesn't mind to go knock on doors um, in the neighborhood, and introduce myself, and say I'm new, and find friends for me and my kids. I think that has been um, probably our second greatest strength, is that I, I don't mind to do that, and I'm not afraid to. That's great. I think I'm like one of five rangers that are extroverts because you are correct. Yes, you Most are. rangers are totally <laughs> in, introverted. That's okay. That is okay. They don't want to socialize. <laughs> behind every good ranger is a wife that's rolling her eyes and running the show. So. <laughs> well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk on the podcast today. I'm, I'm always interested to hear your perspective specifically but the perspective of the spouse this is something that I've wanted to talk about uh, for a while so thank you for being uh, being willing to share kind of your thoughts on that Um, any parting words before we say goodbye you know thank you Bryce just for giving me the opportunity to share and um, you know I'm always happy to talk about our experiences in the military and um, it was a, it's been a very rewarding ride. I like it. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much, Nicole, and thank you everybody for listening. Again, 
this podcast is on Anchor, it is on iTunes, it is on Google Play, uh, and we will post this to social media. Thanks for listening. If you ever have any topics that you would want us to talk about or you want to be on the podcast, please email us at podcast.gallantview.org. Thank you for listening. Be brave, be bold, be gallant.